guys, what's up and welcome back to another episode of A Conversation with Jenna. If this is your first time here, hey, I'm Jenna and I'm really glad that you're joining me here today. In today's episode, I'm going to be sharing all about my recent career transition. A little disclaimer that you will hear in every episode is this. What I'm about to share with you are my personal thoughts, opinions, and experiences. I am not an expert, nor will everything that I say be factual. Please do your own research and think for yourself. As always, my hope is that my life experiences can help you in your life. So sit back and soak in the goodness. Let's jam. I retired from a 14-year career as a hairstylist and then I took five months off and I had some money saved up so I enjoyed that retire life retired life and let me tell you it was so so good I loved being retired I love working but being retired getting to sleep in whenever you wanted having no responsibilities I definitely turned into a night owl so I'd be up until like three in the morning and that I would sleep till like noon you know what I mean it was just so good and it was definitely a break that I needed because I had been going really really hard through COVID and taking no vacation time and just kept working so I'm thankful that I had those five months off of retirement because I really feel like I got to rest and recharge so once my money started wearing out I was like okay what am I gonna do next like what's next so I got a part-time job working at home goods and then I started applying for jobs and this was one of the most difficult things I had done in a while. First of all, I hadn't interviewed in years. Okay, I was at the salon for 14 years and then before that I had, uh, I was three years at a corporate job. So, well, not necessarily before that at the same time. I was at the salon and the corporate job at the same time. Anyways, so I had zero interview like skills left and very like my interviewing availability was bad. So I started interviewing for jobs and I wasn't sure what I wanted. So at first I started to apply to be like a mentor with the youth because I don't know if I've told you this or not, but the youth, it has a special place in my heart. When I was in the church, I was a youth leader and I just loved it. I love being with the youth students. So I was like, okay, well maybe I'll go and do a mentorship or like be a mentor at like a girl's home or something. I applied, never got a job offer. Okay, so that didn't work out. Then I thought I could be like a driving nanny. That didn't work out. Then I applied for Starbucks. (laughs) And guys, like I couldn't even get hired at Starbucks. And I have like a college degree. And I have 20 years of customer service experience because my um, family owns a restaurant. And my grandfather started it in 1973 and now my dad owns it and it's been a Mesa for that long. And like I have a lot of experience. I've been working since the age of 12. Okay. So I was definitely cut out for the Starbucks job and I just wasn't getting hired. And my brother told me, well, you probably didn't get hired at Starbucks because they were looking for a yes man and you're not a yes man. And I just thought that was the best compliment that he could ever, ever give me. I was so grateful that he said that because I feel like he really knows me very well. So then I just had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. And one day I was on Indeed and I saw a posting for a company that never in my wildest, wildest dreams did I think that I could work for them. I feel like I was taking such a shot in the dark. But something that I knew that I wanted for myself was I needed a job to where I could have great benefits 
and where I could provide for myself. Being single in this day and age, like, is super challenging financially. I mean, I never thought that I would be 34 and single, so I never thought that, you know, I'd be looking to buy a house by myself. You know, these are all things that now I have to really consider because of my age, and I'm not getting any younger, and I still want to progress in my life, even if I'm doing it by myself. So I knew I needed a job where I could provide for myself, and I could be, like, financially secure. So... Anyways, so I was on Indeed, found this job, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to shoot my shot. So I, um, I like, did. I applied online. And then a little while later, it was, like, two weeks later. And I, I, I just really thought to myself, okay, I didn't get it. Let's move on. And two weeks later, I got an email back from them, and they wanted me to do, like, the – Guys, this this has now been like five months ago, so I can't even remember what it was called. But it was like the pre-assessment. That's what it was, the pre-assessment interview. And I had just had scalp surgery like the week prior to that. And so I wasn't allowed to wash my hair for a while. And I just like was so pumped that I got the pre-assessment interview that I didn't even care about what I was wearing or what I looked like. And they ended up video recording it. <laughs> And afterwards, I was like, dang it, I probably should have like looked more professional. But I just was so pumped. There was nothing I could do about my hair. And I literally just had a t-shirt on. And I was like, well, crap, I probably just totally failed that, right? So then another two weeks go by. I didn't think, you know, I didn't hear back from them. I didn't think anything, you know, I didn't think I was going further. Then I was randomly sitting on the couch. It was on a Friday. And um, I got a phone call from the recruiter. And I was like, hello? And she was like, hey, is this Jenna? This is so-and-so from the company. And I was like, yes. And she was like, okay, we want to schedule an interview with you. And I was like, what? It was just crazy because the interview process took a very, very long time. And it was like crickets as I was waiting. So I was like, okay, let's schedule this interview. So then we scheduled this interview. I think it was probably like another two weeks out. This time, um, it was going to be like through WebEx. So I definitely made sure to get ready and I was able to wash my hair at this point, whatever. So I set up to do this interview and the recruiter had told me, she's, she had said like, sorry, it took so long, but we have like 300 applicants apply for this job. And I was like, oh wow. Like, and, and I'm like getting an interview because I have no, um, it's with an aerospace company and I have no aerospace background. Like my background is in fashion and beauty. So I was just like shocked that they were even considering me. And then I made it all the way to the interview part. And I had found out that out of the 300 people, only eight made it to the interview and they were looking to fill two spots. Okay. And I did not find out that they were looking to fill two spots until I was like doing the interview because I interviewed with my manager and then with another manager. So, oh yeah, spoiler alert, I get this job. But it's just really cool, the story. So I'm interviewing with them. You know, I get all ready. I do the interview. And honestly, it feels like I crushed it. Like, I feel really proud of myself for doing it. I feel like I made sure to study beforehand. Like, I was definitely prepared. Where with all the other interviews that I had interviewed for, I just wasn't prepared. And I was so out of practice. Like, if you're about to go in for some interviews, like, make sure you just take some interviews that you don't really want just so you can practice. Because I feel like practice is so key. 
And another side tip is like you're probably going to update your resume as you continue to interview once you get a feel for like, okay, what is it that they're looking for? I was updating my resume constantly until I finally was like, okay, this is this is it. Like this is really solid. This is good. So anyways, did the interview. I felt like I crushed it. And then and then I decided to take another interview at um, the Princess Resort in Scottsdale. And they were looking for a retail buyer, which my experience is uh, retail buying. My degree is in fashion merchandising. So I took this interview, although I did not want this job. I really wanted the job with the, with the aerospace company. And so, but I was like, you know what? I just want the practice. So let's do it. So I get there. I drive to Scottsdale. I get there. We're doing the interview. And the interview was, it wasn't bad, but I had found out that what they were telling me in person is not what their job posting said. And because it wasn't lining up, like red flags immediately started to go off in me. And my gut was telling me to run away as fast as I can. But my mind was like, Jenna, you need a job. And so I was like having this internal battle as they were talking to me because everything that they were saying were things that I did not want. It was like hard nose for me. And I had also turned down multiple other job offers because it wasn't exactly what I wanted. And I knew that I wasn't going to settle. Like I had settled in the past. I'm not settling anymore. I know exactly what I'm looking for and I'm going to wait till I get it. So during the interview, she's like, okay, do you have any questions? And I was like, you know what? I don't. And this job just isn't for me. So thank you so much for your time, but I'm going to get going. And they were shocked. And now I had done this two other times because I had found that two other times the job posting was not matching what they were saying during the interview. And so with all three of those companies, the people who were doing the interviews were shocked that I said no. Like I I wasn't even going to waste our time anymore because I knew that this isn't what I wanted. I knew that they were like lying because their words were not matching up with their job posting. So I was like, yeah, sayonara, peace. Like I'm out of here. So I ran out of the Scottsdale Princess interview so fast. (laughs) And so I get into my car and as I'm driving away, I'm like, oh, I really want the job with the aerospace company. I really, really want it. As, as, As soon as I get onto the freeway, I get a call. And it says the name of the company on my phone, on the caller ID that I wanted, the aerospace company. And I answered and I'm like, hello. And my recruiter's name is Cynthia. And Cynthia was like, Jenna, guess what? And I was like, what? And she's like, you got the job. And I was like, no way. I just couldn't even believe it. Like, it was honestly a dream come true. And something that I just never thought in my, in like, wildest dreams that I could have. So, Those are some of the ups and downs of my uh, job hunting experience. And one like piece of encouragement that I just like really want to encourage you with is don't settle. Wait, just wait it out until you find what it is that you wanted. Like this job was everything that I wanted. It was everything that I prayed for. It was everything that I was looking for. And I just was so shocked that I got so lucky to be with this company. Now, So this was in September. I started in September with this company and now we're in January. So it's been five months. And honestly, like it's been a dream. And I feel so lucky that I have this job, like especially after everything that I went through with like why I retired from the 14 year career in like the last four years. 
you know, when I was like in the church and everything, I just felt like it was really, really hard. And so when I got like this huge breakthrough with this company, I just couldn't even believe it. So now I've been at the company five months and I have to tell you that, um, this is the hardest job that I've ever done. It's not hard mentally, like challenging, mentally challenging. It's hard because it is very demanding and very high volume. And a couple times a week, I have to talk myself down from having a panic attack because there's just so much. And everybody thinks that they're a priority and you have to really figure out like what your priority is. And my manager is like really hands off, which I love that so much. Love, love, love that she like trusts us to like get our work done, which I do. It's just like the hardest job. And, and honestly, like Monday through, so I record podcasts on Monday because I feel like on Monday I have the most energy because I've recharged over the weekend. Come Friday, I'm dead. Like come Friday when I clock out, like I don't even want to think anymore. I have used all of my critical thinking skills for the week. I have used all my decision making thinking for the week. Like I have, I'm done. And the weekend I like really need to rest and recharge because if I don't rest and recharge or if I have a really stressful weekend, I am like set up for failure for the week because of how like stressful and and high demand and high volume this job is but I love it I love that it keeps me busy I love that it keeps me on my toes and I love that I'm actually making a difference like I have an important job this weekend I was talking to someone who um so one of my like programs that I support is the overseas program and this man like he happened to when he was in the military he happened to also work with that same program. And I was like, Oh, that's crazy. And he was like, you know, you have a really important job. And I was like, I know I do. Like, it just is so fun because I love helping others. I love that, you know, like I'm needed. My position is needed and it's all, that's a lot of job security, but it's also like, dang, like what I do is really important and that's really special and really fun. So I just feel so, so, so lucky. Okay. Now, So that's my full-time job. Now let me talk to you about my part-time job. So over the summer when I was like retired, uh, my friend owns a dance studio and I grew up dancing. I danced competitively. Like even just this past weekend, we did like a musical review showcase where we did all of the musicals from last year and I participated in that and I love dancing. It heals my soul. Like I don't know what I would do without dance. So because she knew I was like kind of in a rough place and I was really looking for a job. She was like, Hey, would, do you want to teach for me? And I was like, you know, I've actually thought about it. What were you thinking? And so she was like, okay, I like, I would want you to teach technique. And she was like, you would be perfect for it because I'm kind of strict when I teach and I'm kind of like a drill sergeant. Um, like I have like higher expectations, but as I am teaching and as I am learning, Well, A, you can't control anybody. And so if they don't listen to you, there's like nothing you can do. And I just can't imagine how much parents struggle with that when like you just want your child to be obedient, but they aren't. Yeah, it's like a whole thing that I'm learning teaching these these youth students. But anyways, so she's like, okay, I want you to teach technique. And and this is like before I got my full-time job. And so I was like, okay, let's do it. Then... Um, I needed to like the dance season was starting before I got a full-time job. So like right at last minute, I was like, Hey friend, I don't think I'm going to be able to do it because I need to focus on getting a full-time job and I can't allow this part-time job teaching dance to interfere with me accepting a full-time job. She was like, okay, I understand. 
So then like fast forward just a few days, that's when I got the call from Cynthia that I got the job with the aerospace company. And, and then my friend texted me like a few days after that. And she was like, Hey, the teacher that I got to teach technique, she can't do it anymore. So the spot is still open. Do you want it? And I was like, what? Because Another thing that I had really, really wanted and what I was really like praying for is that I would get the full-time job where I could support and provide for myself, teach dance, and have my podcast. Like those things were three things that were really important to me and something I really wanted. And so I knew I got my podcast and then at this time I had my full-time job. So when my friend offered me the um, dance teacher position, I was like, what? And so I talked with my manager and and my work schedule just, I ended up working it out perfectly to where on Tuesdays and Thursdays I could be off on time. Well, actually every day I'm off on time to be able to go teach dance. And I, I just couldn't believe that I had gotten everything that I wanted. It just the way that everything worked out and the way everything felt, felt together and, and came together. I just felt so lucky because I am someone who who tends to get what she wants because I'm a go-getter and I go after it. But I feel like finding a job is kind of like finding a spouse. You don't really know, A, what's out there. (laughs) You don't really know, like, when I think about those three interviews where I left in the middle of the interview because they weren't being honest with what their job posting said to what they were telling me in person. I feel like that could be, like, a bad date that you found online right? They were saying one thing in their profile and then you meet them in person. You're like, what? You're just lying to me. You're not the same. And it's kind of like a hit or miss situation. You know, it just depends on the market or it depends on who's available, like who's single at the time and on the apps or whatever. It's just a great area. You don't know like what you're going to get and what what's out there. And so the fact that I was able to get everything that I wanted, I just feel so lucky. Like, I'm a very lucky girl, and I'm a very grateful girl, and a very, very, very thankful girl. So now, that's my life. I now have three jobs, because I do consider podcasting a job, because it is a lot of work. Recording, doing the editing, uploading, you know, all the things. So, yeah, that is my career transition, basically, in a nutshell. And I just feel really lucky, and I just have to say again, don't settle. Fight for what it is that you want. Just wait it out. Like, don't take the first thing that is offered. And that's exactly what I'm doing when it's, like, dating. I mean, the guys who have messaged me so far, like, they're not the ones because they're not who I'm looking for. And, you know, I'm confident enough in my singleness to wait, to wait it out. Like, I'm not desperate. Don't be desperate, people. Don't be desperate. I feel like you're just going to make dumb decisions when you're desperate. Before we get into the R&Rs, there's also, like, a few things I want to say about my current job. So there's a guy that's on my team and he's awesome. And I, I appreciate someone who, when we have issues, I can express myself. And if that other person is in the wrong, they can humble themselves, apologize, and then we can move forward. Like, because this is not personal. This is work. Okay. So there's this guy on my team and (laughs) like a few times there's just some things that he has said that I felt were very out of line and so I just like called him out and I just told him how I felt because I also feel like if I didn't express how I felt like it would just fester and then I would explode and I don't want to do that I want to have healthy relationships 
like I really care about this job and I have gone through enough work on myself that like hopefully I can be a little bit more self-aware. I'm not saying I'm the most self-aware person, but like just a little bit more self-awareness. So last week, I felt like he was out of line in one of the emails that he sent. So I just sent him a little Skype chat and I knew that he was going to call me and we were going to talk it out. And so, you know, a little while later, he's like, hey, are you free? And I was like, yeah. And we talked and he apologized and he realized he was out of line. And then I said, you know, you're forgiven. And then we were able to just move forward. And when I am, can be in relationship with someone like that, it's just so beautiful. It, it, I'm like, dude, you get me. We're like, we get each other that it's no BS. This isn't personal. This is business. Yes. My feelings can still get hurt, but like in the end, once we talk about it and when you can lay your life down and surrender and be like, yeah, my fault, like I messed up. Or if it was me, if we talked about it and, and I realized, hey, like I overreacted, I would say I'm sorry and we would just move forward. And it's just a beautiful quality that I really appreciate in this man. And I'm really lucky that um, we can be teammates. And honestly, I feel that about all of my teammates, like they're great. And my manager is great. And Something that's like kind of crazy is my manager and I have a lot of coincidences. So I grew up dancing. She grew up dancing. Her daughter is a hairstylist. I'm a hairstylist. Her husband does musical theater. I do musical theater. Just like she was telling me the other day that her daughter, who's a hairstylist, wants to start a podcast. And she asked me if I'd be willing to talk with her. And I was like, yes, of course. It's just like there's these coincidences. And then my mom would say, so my manager's name um is Donna and my all-time favorite TV show is Suits and if you guys know the show you know that Donna um the secretary Donna is on there and it's so funny because when I found Suits I just found it last summer like when I was applying for jobs and then when I got this job and I told my mom her name was Donna she's like oh isn't that funny and I was like yeah anyways it's just like so crazy and I love like with this company too they don't just divulge everything in the beginning. It's like slowly revealed to you as you like go through the interview process and all this stuff. But I just feel so lucky. And I know I keep saying that, but don't settle. Wait until you find the right one. And if you guys are on in a career transition or if you're on a journey to kind of figure out what's next, like good luck. I hope that you get everything that you wanted or that you want because you deserve to have the best. So hold out, hold out until you find the one or whatever it is that you're looking for. Another piece of quick advice that I want to give if you're um, looking for a new job. One of my clients actually told me this. She said, I always ask during the interview process, is there someone on my team or who I will be working directly with who is a problem? You know, the person we all know that there's someone in your office or in your vicinity who's like, either a bully who's really mean, who um, talks down to people, you know, who just treats people poorly. I don't have time for that. Like, I don't want to be on a team that's like that. And I will turn down a job if there is someone like that. So I just want to encourage you that if you're the same as me, like ask in the interview process, ask them that. And hopefully they're going to be honest with you because you don't want to work with someone like that. Like they will literally make your life the worst and they're just not worth it. And you're you're worth it. You're worth it to have a job that is a healthy environment, a healthy experience. Now, there is someone who I don't work directly with all the time, but she is difficult. And 
I recently, like someone has been on LOA from our, our team. So we've been like helping out this person with her like deadlines. And my boss was recently like, Hey Jenna, can you pick this up? And I was like, sure. And so I started to collect all this information. And then this girl who's really difficult jumps in on the email. And I was like, Oh, and so I told my boss, I was like, Donna, I need to excuse myself from this. She is the most difficult person. I cannot work with her. I'm already getting anxiety thinking about it because no one wants to work with you. Like when you are that mean and awful, you make it so terrible for everybody else. And it just makes everybody else's life miserable. So ask that question because I really think that it will benefit you in the end. Something else that I wanted to say about um, the opportunity that I have to teach dance is I was telling you guys how I was a youth leader and the youth in my community is something really important to me. And I just love that my friend has given me an opportunity to be a mentor for the youth in my community through dance, through a passion of mine, through something that I really love. And honestly, I love my full-time job very, very much. And I know that I have a purpose with that job. But when it comes to dance and when it comes to my podcast, I have actually felt purpose. Have any of you guys ever felt purpose before? I don't even know how to explain it. But when I am teaching dance, I am smiling. I am happy. I like, I just let all of my worries like go away. And it's just like the best thing in the world. I mean, find a job that is like that. I mean, it just makes the day so much better and it makes life a lot easier. But I will also say that teaching dance has also been one of the most challenging jobs that I've had because I am having to deal with teenagers and little kids. Like I think I teach six to 16. And yeah, I have to remember like, hey, she's just six years old. You know, if she's not comprehending the things I'm telling her, I can't be mad at that because she's six. And then she teach, she dances in a class where it's like six to nine. And the difference between six and nine is incredible. Like, I'm like, okay, how come this girl's getting it and she's not? I'm like, oh, yeah, because she's nine and she's six. And then, you know, it just goes up from there. But just like learning how to talk to these kids, learning just how to connect with them, learning their intellectual level. It's been a huge challenge, but it's also been like a huge step in a huge growth for me. But gosh, I just love teaching dance. Like it makes me really, really happy. Find something that makes you really happy. Stay tuned because my R&Rs are coming up next. All right, let's get into my R&Rs for the week. So what I want to rant about is... My girlfriend and I, we were outside of a restaurant and we were talking about religion, spirituality, and this like group of people just like randomly came up to us and I have no idea where they came from. I did not see them in the restaurant. My back was turned towards the door, so I did not see them enter the restaurant, leave the restaurant, in the restaurant, nowhere. And they just started to like join in on our conversation. And the three of the people who joined us, they were Mormon. And there was one guy who was just so aggressive in his opinions. It's like, you know, the guy or gal who just totally like shoves their opinion down your throat. I hate that person. And I know that I have a lot of thoughts and opinions and I am a very, very passionate person and a passionate communicator. But I hope that I have learned, you know, through maturity that 
I'm not going to shove my opinion down your throat because it's not up to me to change your mind. And honestly, I don't care if you if I change your mind or not. Like that's not the point of why I like to have conversations. It's because I like like mind expansion, right? I like to hear different people's opinions and I enjoy debating. You know, I guess like in a debate, there is usually like a solid winner, but I kind of just love like the good banter of going back and forth. So for me, I also know it's not worth shoving my opinion down someone's throat because if they ain't going to get it the first time, they're not going to get it the fifth time. So just stop. Okay. But this man, he, so I come like my background is non-denominational Christianity. His background is Mormon. And he said to me, you know, I tell, I ask my nurse, my, he goes, I ask my non-denominational friends, is Jesus such a narcissist that all you do in heaven is worship him? Or is Jesus such a narcissist that all you're going to do in heaven is worship him? And I was like, no, that's not what they think, but let me tell you what they think. And here's the thing is like, Christianity is for the downtrodden, right? It's for the people who have gotten so low that all they can do is look up. And because of that, they're grateful for Jesus. Because of that, they have so much gratitude for him that they would cast their crowns at his feet when they get to heaven. It's because of gratitude and thankfulness that non-denominationals want to worship Jesus when they get to heaven. It's not because Jesus is a narcissist. And see, I said that to him and he couldn't even absorb it. He couldn't even acknowledge that I gave him a logical reason. All he kept saying is, yeah, but Jesus is such a narcissist. Yeah, they think he's he's such a narcissist. All, like He just kept going on with Jesus being a narcissist. And I finally was like, okay, this guy, like he can't get off of his high horse and he can, he's not even willing to hear what I have to say. And it, and, and that's like what my rant is, is that when you just get in a conversation with someone who their, their mind is like so shut off to try to understand someone else's opinion. And I really feel like too, like 2020 taught us that 2020 taught us to like go have dinner with people who are different from you. So you can like try to learn from each other. And at the end of the day, we don't have to agree. And I also think that that's like the most beautiful part of it is that I can come and I can learn from you, but I can still walk away with my own opinions. Like I still have the freedom to choose for myself what it is I want to think, what it is I want to believe. But I'm like so grateful and thankful that I had this time of fellowship with people who were different than me so I could like learn from them and like maybe become friends with them. So that's my rant. Okay. My rave is this, it's a radio show, but they like air it on YouTube and it's called the everybody but me show. And the host is Tyler Cameron. And he is from like the bachelor bachelorette franchise. And I don't watch those shows. And so I had to do a little bit of digging and a little bit of research about him before I like made this episode. But yeah, the reason why it's called Everybody But Me is because everybody on that show is in a relationship, either married or dating, and he is still trying to find love. And the reason why I'm like really into this this radio show is because of how vulnerable he gets. And I think it's really beautiful to see men get vulnerable. I think it's beautiful to see men share their feelings, cry, express emotion and like not be afraid to like put their heart on the line and I really like have to say that's what he does um the he goes into like loneliness he goes into just like intimacy he goes into just 
you know, red flags, just like all the things about relationships. And I love relationships. And so I just want to encourage you that if that's something that you're interested in, you should really check it out because I think that you would like it. Well, that is all I have for you on this episode of A Conversation with Jenna. But remember, the conversation doesn't have to end here. If you have thoughts and opinions on my thoughts and opinions, you can email me at conversationwithjenna at gmail.com. I can't promise that I will respond to every episode, but I would love ooh, every episode. I can't promise that I will respond to every email, but I would love to hear from you. Also, please rate and review my podcast on whatever platform you listen on. I would greatly appreciate it. Don't let the things you want make you forget the things you have. Thank you so much for listening, and I can't wait to talk with you next time. Bye.